Perez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to a Burkhamp Wonderland and Arsenal podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. It Ooh. is the 2nd of January today, and um, the year has already been ruined by Arsenal. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I didn't have any New Year's resolutions, but one of them was to not let Arsenal upset me so much. Clearly, Thursday in, it didn't work. So we are where we are. Um, we're going to talk all things Arsenal today and talk about the nonsense and the vitriol that's happened over the past day or so and where we went wrong, what we need to do to fix it and all the rest of it in between. Um, here with me today is uh, Danny, the button monkey. He has to be here. So hello, Danny. Afternoon, Carl. How are you? I'm okay. How did you celebrate the new year, Danny? Actually, me and the offspring, she felt pity for me because all my family keep dying. And so she stayed here and we had, we went out to the local shop at about seven o'clock and got loads. of 37 quid of the local co-op on crisps and sweets and chocolate and nice things. And then we ate some of that. And then at quarter past 11, we went out again to Godmanchester by the, you know, by the river. And they all had some lovely fireworks. So it was about minus 500. And we sat there, I sat there and she stood there with about 300 other go Manchester people and watch the fireworks, Carl, and they were wonderful. No, no, we did. Janet's paper, there was a bucket, and so we gave them uh, 10 quid. When you say you gave them, did you want them that? Do you remember Home Alone where he mm. wrapped his hand in stickiness and then put his hand in the bucket and took out some money? Obviously, I think that's what you do, Danny. No, Sean distracted him, and I cut a hole in the bottom of the bucket and I kept all the monies. Yeah, it was nice. Talking of money, hello, Femi, how are you? <laughs> all good all good uh what's happening everyone i'm trying to um decide if i'm gonna watch the west ham match in the background or this 16 going on 32 year old in darts oh god Firstly, the is on did you know that he's dating a 21 year old just I'm, 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 all i'm doing is putting it out there i'm not saying it's wrong i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying that he's dating a 21 year old we were discussing fair, it today. A bit dodgy. Fair pay to him. Yeah, to him, not bad. But well, hold on, you're dating someone who's barely out of nappies. Um, so what happens when you get money now, isn't it? But darts money is coming in thick and fast. So, I mean, um, obviously, but is that when? Do you remember? Do you remember when um, years ago when Wayne Rooney first into the scene? He first come out, and he was dating Colleen. I mean, she was with him from before he was famous, and everyone's thought, how the f- hell? Did he, Wayne Rooney, get Colleen? Like, I'll never forget that. It was just like, what the hell? But credit to her, like, she stuck with him. So, well done, Colleen. Like, anyway, we are totally distracting ourselves. We are here to talk about Arsenal's um, game against Fulham. Fulham 2, Arsenal 1. Um, it was a strange old game. It was It was weird from the get-go, from the... Starting lineup, what happened during the game, sort of um, how things planned out, what went wrong, 
you know, what the players did, what Arteta did. You know, we'll, we'll cover all that. But Femi, I'll come to you first. The starting lineup, um, I guess, like myself, it raised a few eyebrows because it definitely did with me. Obviously, we need to freshen things up. You know, there's two, so loads of games over the festive season, and, and clearly, you know, we can't play the same team all the time. However, that starting lineup did it for you raise an eyebrow like it did for me because I understand we need to rotate, but I would prefer starting players and then bringing them off rather than having our quote unquote second string players in certain um, in certain positions play and then sort of we're chasing the game. How did you see it? Um. But when you say that, I mean, what second string players were playing? Kivior and Eddie, really? Yeah. And then if you think about it, Zinchenko was injured. Well, this is comes back to, I guess, something we'll probably talk about later, squad management. Zinchenko's pretty much broken most of the time he's been here. He's he's, he's always a calf injury. I don't, I don't understand how someone can have so many calf injuries. So you've got no other left back. I would not have started Tommy because he's always a calf injury waiting to happen as well. And then, um, I don't know what with Eddie is, is that's, that's the strange one for me and everyone else is pretty much much is, is the same thing that we play, isn't it? Um, it just shows, I think what, what you're probably looking at is the strength of the squad that we thought we had is probably not as strong as we thought at the beginning of the season is probably what you're looking at because if you have to make two changes and the team just capitulates like that, then there's a massive, massive problem. But I'm sure there's other reasons why we capitulated. But I think someone pointed out to me the other day that um, West, when West Ham played us, they had their fourth and fifth choice centre-back. Um, Paqueta was their number 10. He went off injured. And they didn't have... Obviously, they don't have Antonio playing their first choice striker or whatever. But I just think if that kind of injury list happened to us, we, we've been actually quite lucky with injuries, even though we, we, we think we haven't. But if we had a, a sort of two or three players out, we, we pr- would be pretty screwed, I think. Um, so that, that shows that the, 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 our squad is, is very, very wafer thin. I think this, yeah, I think the size of our squad is really small compared to sort of other squads. Um, I mean, you think of we only have, I mean, yes, I understand that we've got some Timbers injury, injured and we've got some that sort of long-term injuries. But if you, on paper, we've technically only got two centre-backs. Yeah. And those are the two that play all the time. Yes, you can say Kivio can play centre-backs and Ben White can play centre-back. But, you know, Ben White's been playing right-back for the last God knows how long. So would you really just throw him back into playing centre-back? You know, you got to think of that. We always say that Tommy Asu can play centre back, but he's not actually ever been tested at playing centre back for Arsenal, at least. So, would you just throw him in there? Um, our fullbacks, like you said, are way for thin at the moment. I mean, we'll, we'll get on to sort of um, the Asia games and the African Cup of Nations, but at the moment, we literally have one right back and kind of one and a half left back. So if for some reason Zinchenko doesn't get injured or is not back for a few games, you're looking at playing Kivio at left back for the foreseeable 
Does anyone want to see that? No, not really. But what option do we have? Um, you look at our, our midfields and our midfield at the moment is an absolute mess because uh, I don't think anyone knows what our preferred starting midfield is. So who knows? But anyway, let's stick to the game. Um, Danny, we started the game and we came out the blocks and, you know, um, we got a goal after four minutes, which was, I mean, I think it was more the ball hitting Saka rather than Saka putting it into the net. It was a lovely bit of play by uh, Martin Lenny down the left-hand side, sort of shot, came off um, the goalkeeper and it hit Saka and went in. When that happened, did you think, oh, this is a run-in-the-mill game now, we go on to score a couple of goals and, and win? Or as normal with Arsenal, was you a little bit cautious? Well, the way it's been lately is we can only play that scintillating Martinelli one side, Saka down the other side, Erdegaard putting stuff in the middle, magic. It's how long we can keep that magic up for. Sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's 45 minutes, sometimes it's half an hour. I think that against uh, against Fulham is, what, 15 minutes of that? And it's, every game it's getting less and less and less. So you're thinking, well, at what point is it, are we not going to be able to do this? At what point are they going to um, double up on the wingers like they always do, start fouling and getting away with it uh, and just uh, ruining the game? So I missed both the Fulham goals because my internet was playing up. I had a dodgy Ethernet connection. And so I, I saw the first goal. But I think I think the um, BT did me or Sky did me a favour by ruining my internet so I didn't have to watch it all. But it is just a matter of how long that uh, we, we can do it for. And it seems to be that the players are knackered. I mean, Pat, Pat Rice, Declan Rice has been brilliant all season. He looks knackered. And it's a combination of people fouling and getting away with us. And then they've, they've found out Arteta's tactics. And also the um, we've, they've, players have run out of ideas. It's just the same thing. Remember, it was in the end of the Wenger days. It was plan A. If plan A don't work, revert to plan A. Run down the wings. And if that doesn't work, give it to Erdegaard who will run from one corner of the box to the other corner of the box to the other corner of the box with a ball running, zigzagging in and out of people. And there's nobody in the box that, that he can give it to because play, teams know that if you if we do make the break with Saka and Martinelli, you ain't going to catch them. But then when they get down to the, the edge of the wings, they're going to stop. And then they look around and go, right. What am I going to do now then? And then the rest of the team catch up. And then by then, the defending team have got 11 players in their box. And you're never going to get past players like that. You look at the goals that Liverpool scored last night. On the break, as fast as they can, another player goes with them, give them the ball. And then it's one or two players um, against one or two players. I mean, like when we played Liverpool, it was Declan Rice v what, four or five of their players? That doesn't. We don't do that. We wait until the rest of our team catches up and then we continue the attack. And you can't do that. Because they've got everyone back defending by then. And then how's Erdegaard going to dribble in and out of seven or eight players in the box? You're not going to do it. And then it's out again and recycle it back in again. And then zigzag around the edge of the box again. And then bring it back in again. And then if we're lucky, we get a corner. And then Trossard will kick it at the first player every single bloody time. (laughs) It's driving driving me mad, Carl. Yeah, our um, set piece (laughs) taken is... Absolutely atrocious. It, it really is. And I think Danny kind of, in his own special way, hit the nail in the head. We're not fluid enough. Like, when we break, we're not. Martinelli at the moment, and Femi, you've seen him live more than I have. He just doesn't seem to play with his head up, ever. Like, he always, it's almost like, because he hasn't scored for a few games, he just wants to score so badly, he just will not give the ball up. And I'm not going to say he's ball greedy, but 
it almost seems like he is ball greedy. It's like he just doesn't want to pass whatsoever because there's so many games, even in like the Liverpool game and the West Ham game, where you know the pass was on, but because he's so desperate for a goal, the first thing he does as soon as he gets anywhere near the box. He just wants to shoot, no matter what, no matter how the angle is. And it's a little bit frustrating where, you know, and I think it's a case of he has to get a goal soon because he's just going to keep on trying and trying and trying to score. And if he doesn't get a goal, then, you know, you're looking at him thinking, okay, you're not getting a goal. What are you bringing to the team? Like, because if you're not scoring, what are you doing in that position? It's just... A little bit frustrating. I've seen him live. Do you see that, or is it something that I'm just making up? I think of all the players, I, I think he's lost confidence most rapidly. You, you, it's it's probably hard because you wouldn't see it um, with him because he he he's always has the same demeanor basically on the pitch, but his head has just dropped rapidly so quickly, and. Unfortunately for him and for Bukayo Saka, they're basically our game plan. <laughs> and um, it's it's a bit worrying because you can't take them out of the firing line. You just have to basically... Pr- like j- Just me sitting there thinking, okay, if we don't have him playing, what are we going to have Trossard playing who just looks absolutely lost at the moment? As someone said in the chat, He's been dismal. <laughs> but then, has he been dismal because he's been playing in loads of different positions as well? I, I don't know what the issue is, but I've never seen a squad of players lose confidence in themselves in the space of a week so rapidly. But let's be honest, it's, it's been more than a week um, that we've lost confidence. Do you know what? Funny enough, I was looking at this stat earlier. Um, if I told you that the most crosses in the Premier League this season, or the least crosses in the Premier League this season, has been Tottenham. Who do you think would be the most? Not, not, and it's not Arsenal. Just, just I'm not leading you down that path. Who do you think has been the most crosses? Play crossing. Well, no they actually, funny enough, they actually fourth. Luton are first. Everton are second. Guess who's third? Arsenal in crosses in the Premier League. Well, now, if I told you that. Exactly my point. <laughs> <laughs> to, to five foot four, Jesus. <laughs> we have the third most crosses in the Premier League. And it's just that, it's that thing where you, you don't see these things when you're, unless you're in the game, unless you're watching the game, do you? Where you think, what are we doing? It's like banging your head against a brick wall where what Danny just said, where you've done something so much that you've lost confidence in what you're doing. So your next logical step is just to, Get the ball and cross it in. Get the ball and cross it in. And it's so weird that we're, we're doing this. And and then by also by doing that, we do that later in the game. You then take Martinelli off after 60, 70 minutes. Every, every game. single game. No matter what Saka's doing. Mm-hmm. I love Bukaya Saka. We all love Bukaya Saka. But no matter what he's doing, no matter it, it doesn't matter. Bukaya Saka's played more minutes this half of the season than he did at it. And we all, last season, we were saying, oh, he's played too many games. He's played too many games. And he's played more minutes this season than he has last season. So it, there's, I mean, you've, you asked Danny about the goal and we've kind of just gone off on a tangent, really. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really hard way. to Let's talk about years. this game, you know, because this was 
actually the worst performance I've seen in a long and I'm not going to say the worst performance on Arteta because we were kind of we were kind of used to these performances during lockdown and, and things mm. like that but it's it's pretty it was pretty grim to be honest with you this was there was nothing to even it just seemed like there was no urgency at all like there was nothing in the game yeah. that screamed we need to win there's nothing in this game that even when we went behind there was nothing that said all right come on lads we've got to get this done i think we only had i think i put this in the group we had our first corner wasn't it something stupid that like oh it's the west ham yeah. game no, no, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's it this game. Like, game. Yeah. Isn't that the 70th minute? Like, yeah, we had our first it was, corner. It was later than that because Trossard was on. So it was like, oh, no, it was 80, it's 80 minute. Yeah, minutes. Yeah. Yeah, our first corner. That is absolutely ridiculous. Like, for us to have a, our first corner in the 80 something minute. That just shows you that we, I don't know what happened to the team. I don't know what sort of, I don't know what training they did that week. I don't know if it was a quick turnaround, but it just seemed that nothing we did seemed to, pan out. I mean, we'll get onto the players individually at, uh, later on. There, Carl. Uh, it does seem odd when we cross the hazes. Right, exactly. It makes it makes no sense. So, Shredder, our American cousin, hello. How are you? Yeah. I fucking miss him. We need to get him back on at some point. Um, he, he said... He, it, he was on last season. He was, just, he was getting stoned during the show and he was loving every second of it. <laughs> he said it does seem odd when we cross to um, Jesus and then bring Eddie in to keep everything on the ground he's <laughs> right it makes no sense and the thing is we're crossing the ball fine but who are we crossing to because our striker is sometimes playing right back which we'll talk about later because that hits me off um, Eddie is very ready in the box it almost seems like we go into the box in the very last second and I think um, I think Danny hit the nail on the head We've become so predictable to play against, and it's very easy, like, extremely easy. If you're if you're if you're a manager, you know that the threat from Arsenal doesn't come down the centre. It, it never does. It comes from either wing. So the first thing you're going to do is say, okay, go and double up on Saka, go and double up on Martinelli, and then we'll see if um, Tr- has oh, hear me. Odegaard gets the ball, then we'll close him down. That's basically Arsenal's threat because there's no other threat. Jesus is not going to be in a box or he's going to be on the, on the side. So as long as you double up on Saka and double up on Martinelli, that's Arsenal's game done. Like you, yeah. Once you nullify both of them, that's it. Like it's, Arsenal are very easy to play against. And it's the like progressive... when you get a new striker playing for a team. They always get one season where no one can figure them out and they score 25 goals a season. And then next season, everyone knows what they're going to do and they stop it. And then the, the, you go, there's so many of them in Premier League history. The next season, they get six goals. That's what they've done to us. They know, put two men on, on, on either of them. And especially if you rough them up, I mean, the amount of kicking that Saka is still getting, and he's still getting, I mean, he's shoving people out of the way, as we saw against Liverpool. What a wonderful tackle that was, pushing the, the player into Klopp. So he's toughened up, and that still isn't doing it. And he's still not been able to do what he was doing before. But then again, remember in the Perez-Lundberg day, Nick said this on the last show, Wenger used to get Perez and Lundberg to swap sides. So instead of Saka running down the right-hand side, cutting in on his left foot and crossing it there, if you put Saka on the left-hand side, he'll run down there and he'll be at a cross with his left foot. So it would be a, an in-swing rather than out-swinging. And then Martinelli would do the same. So I don't know why we're not seeing any of that, because that might shake it up a little bit. That's weird as well, how even for 10 minutes, you don't say to Martinelli and Saka swap sides. Mm. Yeah. It's very rigid. And, and I, you kind of have to blame Arteta for that, because... You know, Arteta's got a certain set way of playing and he doesn't deviate at all. That's just why 
Arsenal have become so predictable, predictable to play against. And it's almost frustrating. But have this result been coming, Femi? Like, we haven't been played well for ages. And you look at some of our results. I mean, we barely beat Luton. Um, literally barely beat Luton, who the bottom of the league, worst team, one of the worst teams in the Premier League. And we scraped to win against them. I can't think of a game where this season we have played well in the league. There's not a game that we've blown a team away. I mean, we've done it, we've done it in Europe, but you know that's Europe. But in the league this season, we haven't blown not one team away. We haven't. I can't think of a performance where I've come away from a game. I thought, shit, we were really, really good. So has this run of results been coming? Have we been kind of scraping by? I'm just looking at the results now. Uh, Bournemouth away, Sheffield United at home. Burnley at home, yes, but we went to 1-1 in that game, didn't we? <laughs> Before we got our act together. So, apart from that, every single game has been one goal in it. Nearly every game, yeah. Yeah, every single game. That's been one goal. Oh, in it, that which is amazing because that's one of the criticisms that I always have for Man United that even though they've won a few games and they've lost loads of games, the few games that they have won has been like very tight. But then you look at the way we've played, and the, the the stupid thing is for our games, none of these, a lot of these games should not even be close. We should have blown teams out of the water and then made some subs and rested players. Mm-hmm. But we just don't have the opportunity because I always say like, why don't we just make change why don't these other players play but it's because we never ever we're always panicking in games we always get to a certain point where we're only one nil up or only two nil up and the other team scores and then we start panicking and then start throwing on defensive players to hold on to the game or we're only one nil up they equalize and we have to chase the game so all these things are, are linked you know man city i i know people always talk about man city their squad and this and that they can blood youngsters like Oscar Bob, who's now starting to look good, actually. He scored when I watched him, didn't he? Yeah, and he's putting some crazy through ball the other day for a, for a, one of their goals. They can blood him because they're usually quite far up in games, aren't they? And they can just bring on, you know, a player that hasn't played a lot of minutes, apart from Calvin Phillips, of course, who just, they're picking up wages. But we never have opportunities to you know, play at Emil Smith role for more than five minutes or this player or that player or Kivior comes on for two minutes here and there, you know. And and that's all because all of our games, are, and I know the Premier League is really hard, but a lot of these games, there's no justification for them even being close. Even some of the games that we lost, like Villa, there's no way that we should have blown them out of the water. Um, you know, but... Brentford away. Look at Brentford away. We won. I mean, <laughs> there's so many games I'm looking at here that I think if it went one way or another, we could be we could be in sixth or seventh place. To be honest with you, oh yeah, Man United at home. Yeah, Man United at home. That was an offside call away from being the result going the other way. Newton away. That's at home. a lot. Wolves at home. Uh, yeah, they missed a the chance as well. Luton away. Literally the last kick of the game. So we've just got to be really careful with what we're doing. And one thing I'll say is a lot of people have been saying, oh, you know, Arsenal, the excuse or the, the, the good thing that people have been saying is Arsenal have been pacing themselves 
better this season. Well, it's now the second half of the season. We're going away, hopefully, to Dubai. Apparently, the trip might not happen if we draw with Liverpool on on Sunday because mm. we've got to do a replay, don't we? So they might yeah. have to adjust the trip. Um, now, we're going away, and I hope that this is a point where Arteta brings in some new ideas. He, he, he does do that every, every season, you know, some point in the season. So the season that we finish fifth, where we should have finished fourth, Remember, the first half of the season was so turgid, remember? And Obam- that Aubameyang stuff and the boring lost, losing to Everton 1-0. Remember all that stuff? And we just couldn't score. And then we went for a winter break in January, kicked Aubameyang out of the squad, and we just seemed to just, like that, just click. And it just rapidly went forward. So I'm really hoping that that's what's going to happen after we go on this trip to Dubai, that it just resets their mind. He comes with something different. You know, we're always saying Arteta's a genius, but he's he reminds me more of David Moyes these days than, than Pep Guardiola. <laughs> but what can he do? If he's unwin I mean, you know, we talk about people blooding in young players, but when he has the opportunity, he doesn't. And the case in point, and I think I was really angry with um do you remember when we played so I uh, know it was PS um PSV Eindhoven. We had won the group. So no matter we we could have lost that game ten nil, and we were still going to top the group. If that's not the opportunity to start bringing in youngsters, there would never be an opportunity to bring in youngsters. And he still persisted in playing a full uh, strength squad. Like I, I don't um, understand how you got these players because the problem is what my issue is with Arteta is if a player gets injured. He expects these players to come in cold. I mean, look at... Do you remember last season with um, Tavares and... Um, Rob Holden uh, came yeah. in and he, had, he's hard, like, he didn't start a league he, game. Exactly. So how do you expect these players... He, you know, Arteta can sit there and say, oh, I want these players to be ready. But if you don't give them any game time, they're not even playing in the under-21s. Like, you can't expect these players to just come in who haven't kicked a ball in flipping seven games to come and start a game. Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. And I think, you know, as much as we can praise Arteta, we have to talk about his, uh, his flaws as well. And that's a big flaw. He doesn't trust his squad. Because if he did, he would play different players all the time. He would, all, all the time, but he would trust his players to come in. Like, for some reason, it seems like he's got a core set of people who, no matter what they did, they could sleep with his, daughter, um, his wife or whatever, they would still get a game of football. Like, it just seems like Saka is undroppable. At the moment, you look at Saka and he hasn't played well at all for the past, what, four or five games? No. Martellini hasn't played well for the last four or five games. Um, our goalkeeper... <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about <laughs> David Rare later. But, like, you know, you can't make bold statements like, oh, I wish I had a conviction to... Um, with a conviction to make a substitute goalkeeper, uh, substitute a goalkeeper, and then you see some of David Reyes' um, performances, and you think, really, like seriously? But you know, if uh, if someone like Emil Smith Rowe, and I actually want to talk about Emil Smith Rowe right now, um, if he can't get on against a Fulham game, then why, why why is he in the squad? Is it time? Okay, so here's an actual question, Danny. Is it time to sell Emil Smith Rowe? Because if he can't get a game at all. Do we do we cut our losses and take him because he's 
rotting on our bench. That's what he is. He's literally rotting. He can't get a game for love nor money. He can't get a game against Fulham where Eddie Nketiah is playing like that and he's still sitting on the bench. So, you know, what do we do with Emil Smith-Rowe? Should we cut our losses and sell him? Well, he's now 23 and he's had virtually no first-team football in in the last what, two two seasons. I'm just looking at here in the Premier League this season. He's had a, he's came on five times and been subbed off once. I don't remember him starting the game. And then last season, go and have a look at his stats for then, and it's not going to be much better. He um he came on once. No, he came on twelve times. And start. So he didn't start a single game. I think no one he started. Yeah, if we did have him, he came off. So last season he started one game and he came on twelve times in the Premier League. He played one hundred and sixty-one minutes in the Premier League last season. That's less. That's less than two games. This season he started one, which I don't remember, and then he's came on another five times. Who did he start against? He started against Sheffield United and then he got injured. Well, there you go. Started against Sheffield United. Yeah, knee injury. And so he started two games in the last two seasons. One of our one of our best talents. One of the the like the, it seems the more we love our players, Ramsdale and Smith Rowe, the more they're not going to play. It's almost like he's doing it. He's he's, he's player teasing us. He's prick teasing us, and that's out of order. But he is a fifty sixty million pound player. When a couple of seasons ago, and that's how much we'd have wanted from him when Villa were looking at him. Didn't they put in a cheeky fifty million pound bid or something? They we knew we weren't going to sell. But he made his name a few years ago by coming off the bench. Not last season, but the one before that. Coming off the bench and scoring goals game after game after game. And that's the kind of thing we need now. And he has no intention of using him. It's almost... I've got no idea what Arteta's playing at, but the answers are there. Like like you were saying, we're playing the youngsters. There's uh, Manwari, scored five goals in the game recently. He's, He's a fantastic prospect. Apart from making his debut last season, he's done nothing. But like Rudy says here... The youngsters don't get a game time because we're never in a position to let them play. When was the last time we won a game comfortably? That's what you were saying, Fem. Well, I think that, I mean, I just made a point about the PSV game. That that game will always just just irk me because, um, by the way, I, I, I really love Arteta. I love the, what he's done at the club. So this is, I think we, we're just doing this as a criticism of the overall standing, that things mm-hmm. that we can improve. So all this Sakarteta stuff, that's not what we're doing here. Oh, we're God, saying no. No, these we're are the no. things that we can improve. The PSV game really irked me because, as Carl said, there's nothing on the game. Like a few hundred thousand pounds to get a draw or whatever. It's nothing on it. Cedric Suarez, I said, when we, he should never play for the club again. He should have never, ever started that game. You should have... Waters should have been blooded in by now. You're telling me you have six, five fit defenders. This kid can be an option if you just play him every now and then. You, Trent Alexander-Arnold was just thrown in by by Klopp just randomly every now and then, just dipped in, dipped out, dipped in, dipped out. You know that's how you you get a bigger squad of players. Not, I mean, I'm looking at the squad now. Look, Reese Nelson. He hasn't started a game since 2020. What's the point? Honestly, what is the actual point? Um, you've got um, uh, Mohamed Elneny. He's had one sub appearance all season for a few minutes in the Premier League. I mean, well done the club for giving him a contract, but Jesus Christ, we're actually paying him no, but, you know, no, to be a chairman. I, 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 I challenge you there. Why well done the club? Why? <laughs> 
because he's a nice guy and we've just I mean yeah okay his wages are probably what maybe 50 grand maybe I don't know but why did we give him a contract if we have no intention of ever playing him what to bolster yeah. the numbers yeah that no was it like it just it guys. just yeah it makes no sense whatsoever like and I hear what you're saying like Reese Nelson I know he's been linked to to Newcastle or he's been linked to another some club today I can't remember who it was and was you know West Ham today actually that's it so West Ham and I think someone in the comments maybe you for me um who tweeted and said what was the point of signing him and that is exactly just so we can send him to get money for him that was literally not, the only point now, how much? How much do you think we're going to get for Reese Nelson? Less Honestly, than twenty. Less than twenty. I think less than twelve. Personally, well, he, hasn't started, he hasn't started a game since twenty twenty. That's ridiculous. That what kind of football in life is that? For even but, for him, I mean, you've got you've got Thomas Partey. He's played four games. You've got Jorginho was starting for a few games. That that actually looked a little bit decent. Then he's all of a sudden just disappeared into the wilderness uh cedric's played zero games you, you've got you know there's just so you've got players all over the place kivio's played eight games which are mostly subs and he's playing left back when i mean i thought he was a center back so he's basically like he looks peed off as well he got dragged off at half time yeah you know he, he, as well, the it? squad management is just it's just so all over the place it's like i just don't know what it is but it's that we're trying said. to do Arteta has his core players that he trusts, and that's it. And I, and I think who are those players, though? Um, the two centre backs, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, now, I mean, Gabriel wasn't at the beginning of the season, was he? <laughs> he seems yeah, to I know. maybe he was. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe he was forced into playing Gabriel, and then yeah. you know he got his plays back. For some reason, he loves David Rea, and I don't yeah. care. And we're gonna, we're definitely going to mention talk about David Rea, but he mm. seems to love David Rea. Saka could be. One leg on an IV machine with COVID, <laughs> um, blind, and he would still play. Like no matter what, he would play. And I kind of worry yeah. about Saka because I think that Arteta's going to burn him out quickly. Like you can't. Ben Does he? If Ben White plays now, I mean, we know Ben 19, White's got an injury. He's played nineteen out of twenty. Ben White hasn't looked right for about what a month. No, he's, he's definitely got an injury. Like he's definitely carrying. Zinchenko's played eighteen out of twenty, so That's... he's definitely one. Obviously, Erdegaard is one. Oh yeah, Rice. Ma- Rice is one. He'll start uh, Martinelli just just because. Havertz seems to be one. He's played nineteen out of twenty as well. Saka, of course. Jesus. Well, and... apart from his injury, yeah. <laughs> well. Eddie's Eddie seems to be one of the favourites now. He's played nineteen out of twenty games. Okay, but those most ninety percent of those have been substitutes, <laughs> right? He only plays. No, funny enough, he started quite a lot of games, hasn't he? Yeah, but that's because Is Jesus it... was out, wasn't it? Yeah, was like... out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You yeah. know, Eddie has played in nineteen Premier League games and scored in three different games. Jesus has played <laughs> in fifteen Premier League games and also right. scored in three different games. So our main two strikers have scored in six games this season. That's do you know when you think of it, I think it's having um, our strikers at the moment have a combined league goals of less than ten, isn't it? Yeah, Eddie's on five. Jesus is on three. That's eight. Saka is on uh, six. six. 
But that's ridiculous. Our main strike, our two strikers have eight goals between them. Yeah. And, and if that doesn't scream, a hat-trick against a championship side. Exactly. If that doesn't scream problem, nothing will. Like, and I don't... Yeah, but then, but then is that... Doesn't that worry you that it might be a system problem rather than a player problem? That, well, doesn't that scare you a bit? Or no, is it because you see them missed chances as well? I mean... Gabriel missed, sorry, Jesus misses chances like nobody's yeah. business. That header against West Ham, Both I, I, still can't over, I still can't go over that one. That was <laughs> an absolute shocker. And then when he comes on, he's playing right back. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, you want your players to track back, but when you're chasing the game, no, you don't want your players to track back. Do you want to be up there making the defence think, shit, like we have a problem to think about? Because if he gets the ball and turns, then you're thinking to yourself, okay, um, he can run at the defence. But when they're tracking back, the defence were free. The defence had nothing to worry about because our main striker is tracking back to, to the right-back position, which makes no sense. So is that a player problem? Is that something that his coach, is that something that Arteta has told him to do? Like, I want you all over the pitch. I want you helping out the defence. Because when you're chasing the game, you don't, the last place you want your striker is playing right-back. Sorry, it is absolutely ridiculous. But then, Carl, isn't that... Isn't that just you was pointing out? I think that we hadn't entered the box more than once. I think between the sixty something something minute and the the like eighty seventh minute or something like that, we we only made one pass in the box. So isn't that just a symptom of just those players getting really frustrated and going all the way back to try and start the play themselves? I know it's really stupid, but it, there was just just nothing. They just couldn't build up the ball. You see the West Ham stat? Um, we had 77 touches in their box, which is the highest by any team since 2007, I think it was. And we, and we didn't win the game, which is <laughs> shockingly bad. Like, it's just, it, it's just, it, yeah, you have to think about how or why it's so bad. And I think Femi hit a nail on the head when he said, is it a system problem? And maybe it's time for Arteta and his coaching staff to drum up something else. You know, you just like to see something different. Because like I said, Arsenal are very easy to play against. It's it's very samey, samey. It's very, give the ball to Saka, he cuts on the outside, he either takes a shot or he crosses to the back post. That, as much as I love Saka, that's the extent of his game. <laughs> that's all he does. Martinelli runs head down, uh, tries to dribble past two players, cutting on his right foot and puts tries to score. Odegaard does all these fancy flicks and tricks, looks for Saka on the right-hand side. Everybody passes to the left. So, you know what I mean? Jesus, never in the box, playing uh, either attacking eight position or playing only number 10 role. Never in the box. striker. Like, yeah, it just, it just, it's all sort of very easy to play against. And I would like to see something just a little bit different. And hopefully... This is the problem that I have. It's like, I'm I'm hearing you saying all this, and I'm just having flashbacks of three years ago, and I'm saying, why is Lacazette playing like a defensive midfielder? Always <laughs> saying, why is Aubameyang missing? So why is Aubameyang doing? This? It's like you've, we've just replaced a bunch of players with a bunch of players, and we've come back to exactly the same issues that we were complaining about like two, three years ago. And we, I don't, that's why I said, I don't know if it's a player problem because we've, we, seriously, just take out Jesus from that conversation and say, oh, Lacazette, 
He just drops so deep. He's basically playing next to Party and Jacker. That's all I ever used to hear. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like we're here again. We're here. Aubameyang was playing left wing. So I, I don't know. It's, it's for me, the drop off from Jesus to to Eddie is scary though because there's something that in that Fulham game was so weird, which was our press was ridiculous. It's like we decided to press. And Fulham were not only were they playing around the press, they'll make two or three passes around the press, and literally they'll pump the ball up to the right side where Ben White is half he's kind of pressing as well, isn't he? Because he's trying to help with the press. But because the press at the front is so bad, they literally could just pump the ball past Ben White every single time. Or give you every it was such an easy tactic. It's like you're sitting there as a coach, as a coaching team. Figure, you have to figure that out. You have to say, okay, there's something. Either drop the press and just don't press for a game. You don't have to press if it's not working. If your players are tired, you don't have to go and aggressively press every single game. There should be some games where you say, okay, we're going to press from the halfway line. Why didn't we just sit back and say, let's sit back and just compose ourselves? And, you know, our only goal came from a counterattack against Fulham. Why did we need to control the game so much? if we couldn't string two or three passes together without kicking a ball out of play. You know, there's some, some things that you just have, some little tweaks that, as a manager, I think you just have to spot early on. Against West Ham the other day, um, Trossard was having an absolute nightmare, you know, from everything, from crossing the ball, passing, controlling the ball, every... And I said, if this was a Mourinho-managed team, it would have been off, Let not even off the at half time it would have been off after um for, be, before 45 minutes and he stayed on till like the 70 something minute and you're thinking like mm, really is this really what we're doing like you know we we have to be sharp with these changes you know we have to be we have to we have to and this it comes back to trusting your players you have to be sharp if it's not working we could all see it's not working change it change it quickly and don't do stupid changes as well, like change a, change to a back three with no left back. I don't know what the last that's, two games we've tried that. It's absolute shambles. That's the sign that someone's in trouble when they change their back three. Do you remember when Wenger changed their back three years ago? Like when we went through a bad, bad run. And I remember he, he changed your back three. I remember the game. He Monreal at centre back. Yeah, I remember it was against Crystal Palace, and he changed your back three because we was in trouble. I think we lost loads of games in a row, and it was a sign of we needed to change something. But even so, I mean, I want to just quickly touch on um, Tommy Yasu um, going to the Asia Games. Um, at the moment, so at the moment, if you think about it, we we got Ben White, who is definitely not fit. And then we've got Cedric, who I would rather Danny play right back than play <laughs> Cedric. You've got two centre-backs uh, who, for love no money, will um, play no matter what. Then you've got Kivior, and then you've got Zinchenko. That's all we've got uh, defensive-wise. If Ben White has a, recurring, uh, a recurrence of his injury, we are literally one Ben White injury away from playing Cedric at right back. And then if <laughs> Zinchenko doesn't get fit, then we are, again, one injury from playing a... Declan Rice at centre-back. You <laughs> <laughs> could see it, but Kivior, and then you, you could be playing Kivior, Gabriel, 
Saliba and Cedric. Like, would you trust those four for a string of games? Like, we had to play like four or five games. You would be quaking in your boots if those, if that, in this day and age of 2024, that was your defensive line. Um, we've come so far from what we had, the Mustafi, um, David Louise, like, you know, that, oh, I still, I still <laughs> shudder, like, for that back line. But, you know, and that's where we then think about, Femi, where is our priorities in this um, transfer window? Is it defender? Is it a striker? Is it uh, a midfielder? Is it a winger? Like, what? what is it, if you could pick not a player but a position to fill who what would you feel oh mate you know what i've always when you're talking about those numbers it is a little bit scary at the back but we were doing some calculations yesterday again doing some calculations and we worked out that arsenal have signed more goalkeepers on the arteta than strikers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we signed Ram- Ramsdale, Turner, Runnison, and Raya. Right? Mm-hmm. We were even trying to with forwards. We said, okay, Jesus definitely. We I gave them Trossard. We can have say, kind of yeah, that's a forward. William, we did sign him. He was a free, but we signed him. That's free. And then I'm scratching my head trying to figure out another one. I would. I mean, you could put Havertz in there, but he was signed as a midfielder. Let's be honest. He's a, yeah, he's a midfielder. Yeah. So that, that's it. That's it. We've literally <laughs> signed three three forwards on the Arteta and more goalkeepers, and we probably spent around the same amount of money on forwards and goalkeepers. So at some point, you, I know we we so lucky with Martinelli and, and Saka. For as yes. much as they're off form right now, we are so lucky that we we got two basically two gems for for nothing basically peanuts ten million for the two of them. But at some point, you have to invest in forwards. Your forward line has to. Liverpool have invested in forwards, then they went backwards. We always seem to be buying defenders and midfielders. I, I just don't. How many defenders and midfielders can we buy? And we're still short of players. Can someone explain that to me? Because we seem to always buy in defenders and midfielders. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, Danny, if you, you know, had to, you could buy any position. Who? What would you feel first? Um, it's going to have to be someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. Because look. This is from our last few games. Fulham, 13 shots, three on target. This is from whoscored.com, so I'll argue with them. West Ham, 30 shots, eight on target. And in that game, no goals. Fulham, we got one. Liverpool, 13 shots, one on target, one goal. Against Josh FC, 26 shots, nine on target, two scored. Against Villa, 12 shots, five on target, zero scored. Against Luton, 23 shots, nine on target, four scored. I mean, that game was an absolute mess. I mean, look at the number of things there. If you add up all those shots, I don't know how many that is. It's probably the best part of 100 or 70. And then how many goals we've actually scored in that lot? It's hardly any. So so the problem isn't putting the ball in there because Saka Martinelli and Erdegaard and uh, and Havertz, they're putting the ball through. It's the, the finishing 
Eddie, Eddie couldn't do it. We've, we've said for years Eddie can't do it unless he's playing championship signs that are going to go down again. And Jesus can't do it because he's too busy playing sweeper, keeper, defender, midfielder, white, left back, right back. We need someone who's going to be selfish and set a goal hanger. Someone like the fabled Giroud. Someone who's going to do that. Just go, running. I don't do running. I stand in the box and put things in the back of the net. You don't see Haaland going back and getting the ball off the keeper and running the length of the field, do you? We need we need someone who his only job is to stand there and put the ball in the back of the net. And we, he, Arteta won't do that. Because if you want someone like that, you're looking at 100 million for Tony, who's not a team player. Or you've got the, the fabled Vlahovic who God knows what's going on, on with there. I mean, apart from them two, where else are you going to go? I mean, look at Man United. They bought that Norwegian kid, a 65 million quid. He scored one Premier League goal and he's played nearly every game this season. So it's to try and go and get a, a striker that's going to do that. And then you've got the problem, what do we do with Jesus? Um, hey, who's? Because who's going to want him? He's on, what, 250 grand a week for a, a striker who doesn't score goals? Play him on the wing. He needs, he can come in for Saka. Like, um, <laughs> well, that and that's what would happen. And that's yeah. what would happen. I think he'd do a job. Pretty I think, even if he bought someone like a Tony, like, and that shocks me what Femi said about the most crosses. But if we put all those crosses in, Tony's scoring them. And maybe we do need a little bit of a, a selfish striker who, you know, he's not trying to run back and, and play position. He's like, his job is to put the ball back in the net. And I know Arteta will be playing like, no, I want the whole team defending. I want the whole team to press. I want the whole team to do whatever. Sometimes, no, maybe you have to sacrifice something to score goals and maybe it is the striker to stay up front because if you've got the defend, um, your striker on your halfway line, the, the defenders for the opposite team, they're happy. They're like, okay, we haven't got a problem. But if you stay pushing up, then the defenders are thinking, shit, why isn't he going back? I've got, I've got to think about this person now. I've got to think where he's going to turn and run and do whatever. And someone like... Um, I'm not saying we're going to buy Tony because if I'm really honest, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Well, definitely, it's it's 100 not going to happen in January. I can I can assure you that. And whether it happens in the summer or not, um, he can hold up the ball. He can bring other players into position. So where's you can pass the ball to Tony? He can hold it up and he can give and go with um, Odegaard or play off Saka or bring Martinelli into play. That's what the kind of person that we need. But all these people like. I love you listeners, but if some of you are thinking that we are going to spend a hundred million <laughs> in the, in the January transfer window, please stop. I just saw a report today who the Premier League are going to, um, they're going to um, publish clubs that are really close or have breached F their Premier League FFP. And I, I don't think we have it at all, but it's talk that Arsenal may have, or we've come close to it, or they're going to, um, sanction other players. So I think everybody at the moment is on that line thinking we cannot spend any money. And this is why Arsenal need to sell players. And this Have is why... Have you seen the valuations I'm, people I'm are putting on Twitter for the likes of uh, for Ramsdale, 60 million and, <laughs> and Nelson, no 50 way. million and Eddie, no 60 million. No way. <laughs> like, it's just, it is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> Ramsdale will go for 45 maximum. Yeah, 100%. Like that. Nelson, I think um, Femi's right, between 12 and... I'm going to say between 12 and about 17 mil. And I'm only saying that because it's got English tax. Yeah. Um, Emil Smith Rowe again 20 at now at this precise moment he's 
20 maximum. And I mean, top end 20. Whoever buys him has got a gamble that he'll be able to regain the form from two years ago. Yeah. Um, and those are the assets that we've got. I mean, let's talk about Kivior going. We sell um, Kivior, then we're stupid. So there's no point. There's no point in selling Kivior because then you're just leaving yourself super short. Uh, and then apart from that, who else is there that can go? If you're talking about selling Partey, you're not going to get more than 10 million for Partey because he's been shown that he's injury prone. Um, if you're talking about selling um, Jorginho, Jorginho is what, 32, 33? Something along them lines. You're not going to get more than 5 million for him. So Arsenal don't have any high value assets that we want to sell. So this string of money coming in, I don't know who's who is gonna get it. So I don't know. I, I just think that Arsenal at the moment we're in a, a, a perilous position where we need to sell, but our squad is so small we don't have enough players to sell. So it, it, it's just weird. I mean, I saw a tweet from Femi who, and I totally agree, where Arsenal are a gentleman club, but this deal that we've got to sign David Rea, I would sack it off in a heartbeat. I would say, <laughs> thank you, but no thank you. So I agree with you, Femi, because can you tell me how David Rea has improved our squad? This will be a short conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Tony take that one. <laughs> no. He's upsetting. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm so confused by this one. I think at first, I was looking at, oh, yeah, you know, for, for your player. Oh, it's so good for the player. He spreads the ball. He holds the ball. He... But flipping out, a goalkeeper's supposed to make saves, for God's sake. Uh, did you watch um, the Man United Forest game by any chance? And Matt Turner, he was absolutely dreadful at kicking the ball out. He basically yeah, yeah. gave Man United a goal. And at every opportunity he had, he was just kicking it to Man United players. Absolutely terrible. But guess what? He saved Forrest the game because he made a non-stop string of saves. Yeah, our keeper makes no saves. I just I'm trying to work out like how this is possible. That I remember I used to get pissed off at Wojciech Chesney because the guy used to make every first shot on target would go in the back of the net. Always. Now I'm looking at this keeper and I'm like, you've got to save us. You've, there's some saves that keepers make that you think. How the hell did he make? And we see it all the time against us. And we just say, oh, yeah, uh, that keeper's had an absolute blinder. You're like, how the hell did he make that save? And they're making save after save after save. This keeper makes no saves. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, like, seriously, the penalty that he saved the other day, we're already 2-0 down, so I don't even care about that personally. <laughs> um, Rice was laughing. Please, someone tell me how... Someone please... Tell me where you see Raya makes miraculous any save, let alone a miraculous save that you think Ramsdale had those in him where you think he had no right to save that. No right to save that. The ball's behind him. The ball's, he's got a one hand to it, a palm somehow. Even a goal that Fulham scored, the first one that went right underneath him. He has so many of those. It's like he doesn't make saves. And it's like the I get all the good play and all of that. And I get the. But when I watched that Matt Turner game, I was like, for all the crap that he's doing with his feet, this guy's actually, actually saved them the game. He saved them. He's got. He's won them three points basically. 
And I just need a keeper that can, yeah, we don't concede a lot of shots like the Bulgarian Guna saying, but that's what's more worrying. It's like there was like a stat where we had conceded 18 like shots and we'd conceded like 12 goals or something like that. That's ridiculous. You can't just say it's all down to luck that that's happening. I, I, I am not a fan of David Ray and I think, um, I think most of us in ABW, I know Josh definitely is not a fan of uh, David Ray because I think you hit the nail on the head for him. He just doesn't save shots. Like it almost seems like every shot that goes against him, it goes in. Either, it's either goes in or it's off target. And like you said, I know Arteta is really big on building up from the back and, you know, a keeper playing with his feet. But a goalkeeper's main job is to stop the ball going to the back of the net. And I just don't understand, you know, why David Ray doesn't do it. And I, I, Arteta obviously sees something in him, but I don't, you know, all this playing out from the back and doing all that. Yes, he may be good with his feet, but if he can't stop a shot, then what's the point? That what that genuinely what is the point? And I'm not saying that Ramsdale is our savior because Ramsdale had a wicket in him from time to time. But I would trust Ramsdale to save a shot over David Rao hundred percent of the time. And my issue is we're about to spend 27 million on this goalkeeper. And I don't think he improves our squad in the slightest. I don't think he improves Arsenal at all. So how are we spending 27 mil on a, on a player that I personally think makes us worse? Can I and, just say, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's some people in the chat basically, you know, pushing back and saying he hasn't been the issue and he hasn't, um, there's no real shots that you can blame him for. Can I just say, yeah, another thing that's fallen right off the cliff is our goals conceded from corners. And I think no one's noticing that. We're conceding a lot of goals from corners that we just did not concede last season. I'll tell you that now. If you go back and look at the goals that we're conceding, Champions League and League, a lot of them are from set pieces. Now, that cannot be a coincidence that you've changed your keeper and you're letting a lot of goals from set pieces I think people should 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 check that. People should really check that. You you'll probably be shocked how many goals we conceded from corners this season. And we were supposed to be leading the way in not conceding set pieces. I just think I don't see I don't see how David Raya has made us any better. I can't think of something that he's done. I mean where I mean, yes, I can understand that every keeper has their flaws. Every keeper does. Ramsdale did, and again, I'm not saying that Ramsdale's our savior. I'm not saying that Ramsdale is no the one. I mean, you look at Onana at flipping Man United. I would not. I would take David Raya over Onana twenty thousand million times uh, over because I think Onana is absolutely pony. Like, I think he's one of the worst goalkeepers I have seen um, in the Premier League this era, but. I just don't. I I don't see David Rea ever coming up with like a goal. I mean, do you remember? Was it last season or the season before? I think it was last season. Do you remember um, Ramsdale save against Everton, the free kick, and he sort mm-hmm. of scooped it. Like Leicester. I can't. It was Leicester. Leicester. Sorry, it was Leicester. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. yeah, I can't ever see David Rea making a save like that ever. I just I just can't see it. 
And it's weird that, you know, Arteta really wanted David Brown. He really wanted him because he was good with his feet. But I think he's kind of neglected, you know, the shots up an expert for, oh, yeah, but he can make us, he can build us up play. And that's not always the best. But, you know, this is the goalkeeper that we're here with. Like, you know, um, we're going to spend... I give, him, I give him two seasons and we're already looking for a replacement. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. <laughs> it's a lot of money for a keeper and we don't have a lot of money. That That's what I don't understand. It's like, it's a lot of money that we don't have. To be honest, Edu, has to, Edu and his team have to start earning their money this, this winter and summer. We have to sell players. We, we need... The bottom line is, our main issue is not buying players, it's selling players. We yeah, Arsenal are the club. Summers. Yeah. Look, we, it, you, have you heard that uh, Tavares and uh, Marquinhos have been sent back to us from their loans? So okay. we're getting them back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tavares has been sent back by Nottingham Forest and Marquinhos has been sent back by Nantes or wherever he's at. Yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> I know. Marquinhos wasn't having a good time uh, in France. I know yeah, that. Nah. He's, yeah, they're, cut, they're cutting his long short. And, you know, Tavares as well. Get back to Arsenal. And he's that's, hardly played. <laughs> I know Tavares hasn't played in the slightest um, because I remember I put in a group the other day, like, what's happened to them? Like, <laughs> I don't see Tavares at all and it's very, very weird. Like, because I know, um, oh, what's his name? He plays for... Um, well, look, there's your left-back solution, isn't there? You can put <laughs> Tavares back in. <laughs> do, you know the worst thing, do, you know, do you know what the worst thing is? Look at that, if, he does, if he does come back to us, I'm telling you now, he's gonna play. I'm telling you now, he's. You think he's a joke? Like he's going. Yeah, but, but where is he gonna play up front? Knowing Arteta, <laughs> he he will definitely come in for a game. Like he wouldn't surprise me if he come. Is he coming back before the FA Cup? Because I guarantee he'll play against Liverpool, or he'll be on the bench at least. <laughs> That's crazy. That's scary hours. <laughs> that is scary hours. Like it is. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> Tavares and Marquinhos came back and played a part in a title winning running. <laughs> Marquinhos scored a goal though, didn't he? He's got a goal in him, yeah, but he's, he's hardly played, he's hardly played for them. I mean, he went, he went under, he went to the championship last season, didn't he? And he, he started well and then Norwich, fell yeah, off rapidly, yeah. So he, he's not, he's not the answer. So these are the players that we just got to find a way to get rid of. Maybe we can get something for a fee for them in in January as well. Who knows? Yeah, but they could. You they think could to help. yourself, you. I think if you can't get a game for Nottingham Forest, what are you looking to sell him for? Like Danny, who in European football do you think would buy Nuno Tavares? Because not even teams in Ligue 1 would be stupid enough to buy him. Nottingham Forest. They buy everyone and anyone. If if it's cheap enough, he'll buy and then ship them around to Olympiacos and any of the other clubs that he, he might have dealings with. But uh, no one is going to buy Tavares, Lukonga, Cedric, Elneny, Eddie or Nelson or any of that lot to try and... Uh, because they're, they're investing for the future. They'll buy that as an emergency buyer to help the situation. A manager come in trying to save his job. A bottom three team trying to get... But we'll probably loan them. And do what we usually do. Loan, 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 loan. Contract cancelled. Goodbye. That's what yeah, we do. That's so crazy. 
forgot about Sam Luton. <laughs> Apparently, he's playing all right at Luton. That's what I heard. He just came back from a long injury, didn't he? But yeah, loan, 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 loan. Yeah, you're right. That's literally our formula. Contract cancelled. <laughs> the money that we spent, Tierney, 25 million. Um, Runnison was about six or seven million. Laconga, 17 million. Marquinhos was about six million. Uh, and Tavares was eight million. I mean, what could you? That's the best part of what? 80 million quid on players that are, that are never going to play for us again? What have we brought in? Willock was a big sell. Yeah, I mean, Willock and Martinez were the only two that we made decent money Martinez. on. Martinez. Um, <laughs> yeah. we got to sell yeah. players. The, the bottom line is we do need to sell players to make more money. We, we, that, that, and, and all this FFT stuff, yeah. Mm. I said that eventually, yeah, we're going to have to sell a big player to, to make up for all of this because it, it you can't keep... At some, the reason why we can never complete. Everyone always says Arsenal always short. We, the reason why we can't complete transfer windows is because we. Remember this summer we went early buying players, and then at the end of the window we were scrambling trying to get rid of all these guys in the last week, all all the way up to the last week. We left all of them out of the American tour. Remember, I think people just try and forget all this stuff because it's an absolute nightmare, and then we just sent them all out on loan. That, that's literally all we did. We just shipped them all out on loan, which means we just cannot sign more players. And you, you do end up being in FFP trouble at that point if you can't sell players. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but Arsenal are just not a good selling club. They, we just don't do well. I mean, you think last season we lost Lacazette for free. One of our main striker, uh, not last season before, sorry. Um, we let how many contracts did we cancel? It's just ridiculous, and I think that's got to definitely change because, like you said, I think we are in danger with FFP, and it's more stricter now. And I think I can't remember who said it in the chat is that where we may have been complying while we were in the Champions League, players' wages have gone up and bonuses because you know you get. Oh yeah, you get into the Champions League, you get a one million pound bonus or something along them lines, and you know we've been paying all this out, and it's only so long you can pay out. But I also think we need to. I quickly want to touch on the Liverpool game because we need to go on a cup run. I think that is a definite thing that we need to do. So we need to stay in the FA Cup. So Danny, would you put out a strong eleven against Liverpool? Because do you think, like myself? we have to kind of go on a little cup run and maybe go all out to try and win this FA Cup. We've got someone watching on, on Facebook, Nick Good. Hello. Um, I don't think we've got a choice with players. Have we? we haven't got the players to pick and choose from. I mean, everyone's either injured, out, out of form, or Arteta doesn't like them. We can barely scrape together an 11. And we know none of the kids are going to come in. And we know he's not going to have a cup goalkeeper. I mean, that's that's the question. For the FA Cup, does does Ramsdale come in? Because I bet he, he doesn't. And then if we do need to play him for, for any reason that Raya gets sent off or something, then Ramsdale's going to come in not having played a game in since the uh, what was the League Cup one, was it? No, the the the, 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 um, the game, the Brentford one, because... Uh, yes. PSV. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he played Brentford. He did. Yeah, right. But uh, I PSV, think it's yeah. it's just going to be tough. I don't think we've got enough players to be that picky from. So it's going to be the same players 
in every competition until we either get more players or we get players back from injury. The hope is that Liverpool don't take it seriously um, because they've got, obviously, a League Cup doubleheader in that month as well. And they probably, hopefully, don't want to replay. That's the last thing we need to, to go back to Anfield. That would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, but we cannot afford to throw cup games or go out of the FA Cup early. It's unacceptable at this point now. I, I, it's just unacceptable. Whatever we just pick, whatever the best players are, whoever is the the freshest in form, pick them. But at home, FA Cup fans have, and the worst thing is, by the way, fans have had to pay for this game. I've just sorted out um, my tickets, fifty three pounds. Uh, it's a Cat B game because it's not included. It's not included in the season ticket for the first oh, time. Yeah, for the first time. Um, yeah, yeah. It's only three games now. So now. Fans have actually had to pay extra for this game. So, trust me, <laughs> they want to make sure that they, they put in a performance. Yeah, I, I think I am of the ilk where I don't think we can afford to sort of rest players. And I'm hoping that, again, Liverpool... not They're not going Liverpool are never going to throw the game. But, you know, without Mo Salah, but they've also got Jota coming in, who's the bane of the existence, where... Uh, he just throws himself to the floor. By the way, I, I, I this is not all podcast, but I have to. I have to. I'm sorry, Femi. I'm going to get come straight to you. <laughs> Anyone who didn't see that dive by Jota yesterday or whenever you listen to this, it was on Monday. I cannot believe that that got given as a penalty. I cannot believe that VAR didn't look at that and say no. And I'm sick of screaming this. We're not going to make this about referees. I promise you, we're not. We're not. We're not. But I'm sick to the back hill of screaming. It's either corruption or it's incompetence. Like when you saw that, Femi, surely, you, like every every football fan would have seen that and be like, <laughs> "No, get up, you dickhead!" Like VAR going to overturn that. And then when they didn't, it's like, wait, what? Like, what is going on with that refereeing at the moment? Yeah, and you know what the worst part of all of this is? Is the people that go on the internet and say, "Oh yeah, you know there was a there was a, a there was slight contact," and I'm like, "For God's sake, man! Like, just stop chatting rubbish and just be honest for once in your life." I've seen journalists going, "Yeah, it was a, there was contact," so it was. A, so I'm like, "Shut the hell up and be honest and tell the truth." Like, what in what world? Can you see that? Anyone see that and say, and it's not just that one. There was the one that, um, the Aston Villa one as well. I don't know if you've seen that. Try and check that out as well. I think it was Jacob Ramsey where literally yes. they brushed the slightest of time. And then our players get absolutely poleaxed and we're just like, can we have a penalty, please? Please, ref. Please, please, please. And everyone's just telling us, no, nah, that's not a penalty. Get on with it. And then you see these ones and you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> And uh, not for me to care about Newcastle or Eddie Howe, but like, what what are we doing, like you know, in this league? And then the weirdest thing is, you've got the technology to actually look at it and say, well, you know, come on, ref, like, don't be stupid, mate. And they literally look at it. I'd love to hear the conversation in that one. Well, yeah, he touched him, so on-field decision stands. It's like, shut the hell up, man. <laughs> like, no one wants to make a decision. Like, Howard Webber's absolutely just 
ruined this VAR. It's like we don't know mm. what we're doing here. It's like that West Ham goal against us. It's like, yeah, because the on-field... I remember back in the days, Lionels had to put up their flag because the ball was out of play. And he would get absolutely pillared if he didn't get it right. But now they can get away with it because, oh, we don't have conclusive yeah, evidence but, yeah, of the... Yeah, and it's like, does no one want to do their job? Like, what are we doing here? Is it about protecting people? Or is it about getting the right decision? So, nah, it, it's it's just ridiculous, man. Just... just like I'd love to, I'd love for us to start just getting these these silly decisions, man. Please, can we just have one of them to help us out? We we're getting nothing anymore, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. Like I said, I'm not going to make this about refereeing. I think it's one of the one shows that we were going to talk about refereeing, but I just wanted to mention that because that was a, a horrendous decision yesterday, but. We are where we are. Um, listeners, three hundred and thirty-three thousand views and interactions I've had. I can't even look at my notifications anymore because it's just constant <laughs> bin dipping. Victims FC sending me screen grabs showing uh, an anatomical level that you can see one atom of his glove has touched one atom of his leg when he's put, he's put his leg out. He could have carried on running and put the ball in the back of the net if he wanted to have a go, but he'd, like Ian Wright said, he'd rather go down. Ian Wright. Yeah, <laughs> Ian Wright. Is, I mean, no one argues with Ian Wright because he's always right. It says it is in his name. Ridiculous, Carl. But did you see Jamie Carragher yesterday on Sky oh, Sports? How he literally, if you haven't seen <laughs> yesterday, just go and watch it. I don't know why Sky gave him this power. He was zooming in, like saying, look, right there, right there. He wouldn't do that with any other club in the whole Premier League. But yep. because it's Liverpool, when I tell you, they gave him that free reign. When I tell you, they were zooming in, they were doing freeze frame. Like, and there, there, that's the contact. It's like, if that was Arsenal or that was Everton or something like that, he would not give it a time of day. Not a time of day. But because it's Liverpool... They let him run with it. I, I just think it's really... I mean, we could talk about Sky and the biasness that they have with the commentators, but we're just not going to do that. Um, listeners, if you've got any questions, put them in the chat now and we will read them out. Um, Femi, how do we oh, fix mate, this can problem? I, can, I just, go, go. can I just do another little bugbear of mine before we move on to that, back to <laughs> Arsenal? Now. This, oh, this Tottenham manager... God's sake, man. Like, seriously. The mask is slipping, isn't it? The mask is yeah, slipping. Yeah, it's not just that the mask is slipping. It's the fact that the media lot... Oh, 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 look at him fighting on the touchline, showing his pack. I'm like, really? Really? Like, really? <laughs> I remember when Arteta went, um, did a little pump and him and Klopp were going at each other on the, 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 the criticism that Arteta got my goodness, Arteta steps out of his technical area just to 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 to, to wave his hands to say a foul. The the, the ridicule he gets. Um Max and what's his name on the football weekly? Max and um and Barry, they literally oh, Glenn Denning. Yeah, had a two weeks or of just non-stop Arteta baiting. Oh, look at him, he's always going at the rest, but and this Spurs manager, the last week he was having a go at the refs. This week he's having a fight on the touchline, and it's just nothing, not a word. Just absolutely brilliant. Love him. He's so great. What a guy. I wonder, did he even get a yellow card for that? You know, like what are we doing here? Like it's so blatant that some people have been shown 
favoritism in the media and it by referees. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. You watch Arteta will be the first manager to have a tag on his ankle to make sure he doesn't stray. <laughs> Mate, you know if you get if you get to eight yellow cards as a manager, you get a two game suspension. <laughs> and how can you suspend a manager? That's the, his, his job is to be there and manage the team. Because if you say anything or you do anything, they have it in for you and they hate him. Yeah, it's it's just a joke. Like the the media have certain agendas, and Tottenham have always been the media darlings. I mean, look how many red cards Tottenham have had this season. If can you imagine that was Arsenal, they would be calling us a dirty team. They would be calling us everything. Nothing in the media. There's nothing in the media that calls Tottenham a dirty team. Romero is a one-man crime wave on the pitch. He is one of the worst people. And imagine, I hate saying this, but just imagine if he was an Arsenal player. They would be calling that, like, remember Granit Xhaka? He's not, no, no, no. If Romero is not that type of player, then Mm -hmm. there is no such thing as not that type of player. Like, he's just absolutely ridiculous. But Tottenham have always been the media darlings and, they will continue to be because it's hard done by um, hard done by Spurs. But again, fuck Spurs. Can't care less. I can't wait to go to this day and smash them uh, <laughs> this year. Like, genuinely, I hate them so much. Um, Femi, I was, I was saying this. Like, how do we fix this issue? Like, what do we do? Is it a case of resetting? Is it a case of Arteta rejigging the system? Is it a case of the players looking at themselves and thinking we have to play better. Like, what is it that we do? Yeah, Arteta needs to go back to the drawing board. Um, he needs to... I think some things are a little bit of tweaks as well. Um, me personally, I'm looking at Havertz and just binning, binning him to Sob's bench. That That's just me. If anyone can say whatever they want. Not He's not John, for me. John's coming after <laughs> you, you know that. Yeah, whatever. He's not for me. I'd push Rice into that position and put Jorginho in because that slight tweak will mean that Erdegaard does not have to keep coming all the way back (laughs) (laughs) to the edge of the box to receive the ball. And that means Erdegaard can stay a bit forward because he probably trusts Jorginho to progress the ball quicker. I don't know if anyone have noticed that recently. Um, that's one of the tweaks I would make. And then the rest, I think that that week, we need that week off in Dubai. We need that week off desperately. We Apparently, they're taking their families as well. So hopefully, that's just the, the big reset. You are pushing this Dubai thing. Where are you going to be in the next couple of weeks? Dubai by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the jet next to them. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know what you're doing wrong, Mikhail, don't you? <laughs> I was actually looking at that for May, actually. Yeah. <laughs> May, that's going to be hot. I mean, I don't... He'll have a man. He'll have a man. Dubai, I've been Dubai there in May the, Dubai between May and September, October is disgusting. Yeah. Like, I went oh. there in... I made the, the extremely stupid mistake of going there in August one year. Ooh, I... If hell is that hot, then boy, I need to start repenting because it was <laughs> horrible. Like it was horrible heat. Like everywhere's air conditioned, but as soon as you step out, it's that's it. 
Like, and someone big guy like me, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, just, just definitely not. Like, definitely not in the slightest. But if the players are going there to do some warm weather training and you know get their fitness up and come back together, then you know, hopefully it um, it works because we, something needs to happen. And at the moment, we're not playing the best and we need to change it up because even um, after the um, FA Cup game, uh, who was it? Crystal Palace at home, I want to say. And, you know, Crystal Palace are not getting the results that they deserve. However, their players are really good. Like Michael Elise, if if he's at Palace next season, something's gone wrong. It used to be Arsenal. that's the sort of player that Arsenal should have. That's sort of like he is so good. Like he, he he's so so good, and I'd love him to get back to Arsenal. I very much doubt he will. But Palace have got a gem on their hands, and that's the sort of player that can he play left back though? For... Mm, no, but that's the sort of player that like, could... he was almost like Chelsea, wasn't he? Yeah, he was meant to go, wasn't he? Yeah, um, and then he he pulled out the last minute, didn't he? Or yeah. some. Either he pulled out or something went wrong with the deal. The like, chairman went to his house and, and dragged him <laughs> and so, made yeah. him sign a new contract. <laughs> yeah, something went wrong Same with night. that deal. <laughs> um, then we've got like Nottingham Forest away, which is, for some reason, our record away from Nottingham Forest is atrocious. Like, I don't know why, whereas Everton were our bogey team, Nottingham Forest seems to be that sort of team that are... Back-to-back FA Cup knockouts, wasn't it? Yeah, like we just can't, and, and we lost there last season, and, as well. yeah, and lost in the league as well. So, yeah, none of us used to be our bogey team, and then you know, we've got West Ham, Liverpool home, West Ham away, uh, Burnley away, and then back into Champions League. So, our fixtures don't exactly get any easier. Um, so let's just hope that you know we can pull some sort of uh, some sort of results together because, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's scary. The best. And yeah. and we've got um Man City who are not playing any side in the top eight until March. <laughs> and and that's and the, and the first Definitely. side in the top eight they're playing is Man United. <laughs> so they're <laughs> basically playing yeah. they're basically playing the bottom teams until until um around March. And just so, as Holland and um we've got no back. room. We've got no room for error, no margin for error anymore. We're getting to a stage almost of having to win every game. Yeah, and yeah. you're not wrong there because even we've got a run in March. Um, I mean, we've got Sheffield United, Brentford, um, Porto in Champions League. Then we may have an FA Cup game in there. Then we've got Chelsea at home and then Man City many, away. So how many that, points do we have? 40. Well, at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, we're on 40 or 40. Yeah, we're on 40. 40. Um, we've got 18 games left. So there is how many points left? 54 points left. <laughs> so you, the most you can get is 94. Mate, if you're not hitting 90, I'm sorry, you're not winning the league. So we're, we're almost at the point. Game. Yeah, exactly. You're almost at the point of, and that's that's what we're not looking at with all these silly results is we're almost at the point of winning Every single game to keep up with the rest of the, the yeah. It's the one time that we actually beat City in the league for fuck's sake. Unless you're saying that City are going to get on the 
85 points that yeah you're looking at yeah you're looking at you can only drop you can only drop about eight to ten maximum points and that's with city getting to 85 points so yeah we're we're in a um we're almost at the stage of a couple more defeats and you're you're in a top four top five battle you just got we gotta be really careful yeah liverpool have lost one game in about 30 I'm hoping that Salah not being there is going to be a job off for them, like him going to AFCON. And um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, um, they drop some points with him not there. But again, they've got some like Diaz that can come in, you know, um, they've got Jota who's just come back. So, you know, as much as, you know, if we lost Saka, we wouldn't have the replacement like Liverpool have. And I'm saying that the difference between Diaz and Jota is vast, but they've got players who can just come in. I mean, would you trust Reese Nelson to play five, six games in a row? No one would. No one would trust Reese Nelson to play five, six games in a row. So, you know, it's, yeah, we have a, a massive drop off. Anyway, Danny, let's do some listener questions. Only three of them have been bothered to put a question in there because, quite frankly, they're scumbags. Jimmy H says, can we finally agree now that Eddie can't leave the line for you, Fem? Can't leave the line. Um, he he His work rate is poor and can't do anything unless it's against a very poor team. Can you argue with that? No, I've never been an Eddie fan. I mean, people, I don't understand why Eddie and Ketia is on £100,000 a week. It begs belief how he wangled that. Um, don't understand. And, you know, we can all sit here and talk about whether we would have kept... Um, what's his Balogun. Balogun, but it is what it is. Like, um, I, don't think, I don't think Balogun's um, doing the best in France either. But um, what, what do you do? Like, uh, do we need to replace Eddie? Yes, we 100% need to replace Eddie. We need a better art number two and Eddie's not that guy. But it's a bit scary because I see us linked with Victor Osherman all the time and I'm like, yeah. it, it's not that he, he's really good, but it's like putting Aubameyang in our team and saying, just figure it out. Do Are we playing to these players' strengths? <laughs> like, Eddie, Eddie isn't, obviously he's not. I mean, I listened to the show last week and they were, they were like, who are the three or four worst forwards we've had in the Emirates era? And <laughs> one of the guys was putting Eddie in that list with Shamak and Cole. But yeah. seriously, if you put a player like Oshiman in the side, it's just like putting Aubameyang in the side. I just don't see what the massive upside is unless you're going to play to their strengths. We'd have to change the way we play football, I suppose. Bulgarian Guna asks this, um, Carl first, uh, is Edison a good shot stopper? Because we were talking, he put this in at the time we were talking about um, with our goalkeepers, what's the difference? Are they any good? Edison commands his area. So, whereas I understand that Edison has an extremely good defence in front of him, and whether it be Diaz, whether it be Stones, whether it be um, Ake, whether it be uh, Gravido, like whoever it is, he's got good players in front of him. But if you're if you're going to compare goalkeepers, like um, 
if you're going to pay Edison to Raya, who would you rather have? Like, would Edison do good in Arsenal's team? I think he would. Not just because he plays for Man City, because, like you said, he's got a good defence in front of him and he's got one of the best defensive midfielders in world football at the moment. He also plays in front of that defence. So, I understand what he's saying. So, would I... Like, would I swap right now Edison for Raya? 100%. 100%. Because I feel like Edison commands his area better, whereas I don't think David Raya does. And maybe in time that will happen when he gets used to playing with um, a settled back four, whatever that back four may be. But he's had pretty much a first choice back four in front of him for a while. And I still don't have confidence in him. And he could do something that may change my mind. I hear it. But at the moment, I think Edison is better there. Fem, how about you? I, I'm not really going <laughs> to... What do you want to say to that? Edison is is one of the top keepers in in world football. Yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, like, I get it. Like, I'm not... I get it. I was... I mean, I... I just don't see it with David Raya. I'm, I want it to work. Like I always want it to work with all our players. But for me, I just want you to make saves. Like, I'm watching this West Ham versus Brighton game right now. And Brighton have just missed so many chances. So many of them have been directly at the keeper, to be fair. But the keeper's shown up. I just want him to show up every now and then. That's, that's all I'm saying. So... I'm not really Edison is one of the best keepers in the world. Uh, Mr. Waffles asks, Carl, where does party play when, if he comes back? So first of all, is he coming back? If the answer is no, then I'll move on. He hasn't got to AFCON. And what makes me, it makes me think that, um, there's been some sort of deal with Ghana to say, look, he's been out all season. He's just coming back. We need to keep him here because if he goes to AFCON, he's going to play every game, every single minute, because that's what Ghana do um, to party. They don't give him as a rest because he's the captain. So I can understand. Um, I've seen his, I've seen like Arsenal photos where he's been in the gym and he's doing work. So he's, I don't think he's on the pitch yet, but I know he's doing strength work. I don't know if he does come back. He's going to take time getting up to speed. And I think everybody wants to see that midfield of Rice, Partey and Odegaard. I think everybody wants to see it. And it's a shame that we're in January and we haven't seen that midfield play together yet. It's absolutely shocking that we haven't seen that midfield yet. And I think that is uh, Mikel Arteta's number one um, pairing of those three. I don't think Partey is the long-term solution to anything. I think he does definitely go in the in the summer, hundred percent. No matter what, I think he goes in the summer. Even if we sell him for ten mil, he he goes because his injury record. We can't. It's come to a point now where we can't afford to keep Partey because of his injury record. Because he's he's so bad at trying to stay fit, we can't afford to keep him. So even if we get minimal money for him and we just get him off the wages and then we can fund use those wages to fund another midfielder I think we need to do that whether he goes to uh, Saudi Arabia I don't know if Saudi Arabia are going to go all out for players like they did 
in the summer. I just don't think they will. I think they've sort of uh, done all their buying and all these players that are going to Saudi Arabia on millions. I think the bubble's going to burst really soon. Well, they got the World Cup now, haven't they? So they don't need to bother anymore. Yeah, I think it's going to. I think it's going to end really soon. That bubble, and um, I don't feel like they're going to end up spending as much money as they did. But we'll see. But yeah, I think Partey does come back. Then he does play in the centre midfield. He, I think you move Havertz over, and then you play. Um, you play Rice at the left eight. You play. Partey in his role, and then you play uh, Odegaard in front of them. Okay. What, um, what, what's the um, what, what's the chances that <laughs> Partey just goes right to, to right back when he comes back? Well, he's done it before. Why, why, why are we not considering that? Nothing will shock me, to be honest. Like it, it would not <laughs> shock me in the slightest. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Right, another question uh, for Femi this time because people have been pulling their fingers out and putting me in questions. Patrick Carlson says, what will you do when we win the Champions League this year? What will I do? Yeah. It's at Wembley. I'll go there. I'll You're, go there. You've got a box. Are we invited? Yeah. <laughs> How much do you think like, the tickets would be if Arsenal got to the Champions League final at Wembley? Jeez. Ten what, in, in yeah, those club Wembley... Oh, no, those club 10, Wembley seats that 10 grand more than that, Danny. I mean, I mean, if we yeah, get them off of Jeff, because Jeff was doing us a deal, obviously, but yeah, it'd be more than 10 grand. Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal in a Champions League final for the first time since 2006. Tickets, At Wembley. It, you wouldn't be able to get a ticket, no matter love <laughs> nor money. The demand for that would be outrageous. Yeah, I think my one for Paris cost me about 50 quid, so I expect to pay that again. <laughs> can, imagine, can imagine resell. Wow. I know, crazy. Uh, final question, a proper one for you, um, Femi from Archangel. He's been very quiet tonight. What do you make of the reports that uh, Inaki Kana conducts goalkeeper training in Spanish? Rubbish. Oh, I saw uh, that. Yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah, just rubbish. Uh, uh, do you know what? When. when <laughs> It's January. It's always that when the transfer window starts and these stupid, <laughs> stupid people just come out on the internet. Clickbait. Absolutely. It's just like clockwork. It's like these stupid people that just like, come on. Like, <laughs> no, come on. Come on. I mean, you thought it was bad before. It's, it's weird, isn't it, though? Like, I mean, now you can buy a blue tick as well, yeah. so it's 10 times worse. I mean, some <laughs> of the stuff that Carl is banging out on our Twitter, and well done, Carl, we're just up to 35,000 followers now. But Ooh. people with shit accounts, uh, we get the blue tick, you then get paid for interactions. Carl did one the other day that was like 50,000 interactions, all of them that, that are good that uh, Carl's doing. And we're, we're doing about 800,000 interactions a month. All you have to do is get three million over three months, and then you get the blue tick. Then you can buy the blue tick for like eight quid a month, and then we start making money on it by constantly putting up who's better, Burkamp or El Nenny. And people go, "Wow, oh, how could you do that? <laughs> is is Mikel Arteta actually bald? Should Arteta be fired? We'd make a bloody fortune, Cole, because shit accounts are doing all that yes or no, left or right, up or down bullshit. And this wasn't here That's last transfer window." 
and now it is. I mean, you've seen that silly bird who pretends she's an Arsenal fan. Oh, Daddy, you ruined my Christmas. <laughs> that. And people are going mad. She's doing it because you lot are interacting, you fucking idiots. Ignore. And then don't interact, and then she'll go away. It's hilarious, but it's a, it's a mess, Carl. It is, and sadly, we've got another four weeks of <laughs> it. So... Um... Says, Does anyone remember the Arsenal horse? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Great You've days. Another four weeks of Fabrizio, everyone. Any yeah. Arsenal news, Fabrizio? Any Arsenal news, Fabrizio? Like, piss off. And then also you get the Ornstinio um, uh, memes, didn't you? I, I collect those. Oh, I love them. It's just uh, absolute nonsense. Anyway, that wraps it up uh, tonight. We've uh, done all we can do. Squeezed every ounce of juice out of the the shocking defeat that was to Fulham. Um, we got Liverpool next in the FA Cup. Let's just hope that. Um, let's just hope that we get a result against Fulham. But what doesn't bode well is that we're playing in that white kit. You know that no more red white kit. I don't think we've won a game in that white kit, have we? Um, I know we lost to we Forest. Did, we, they said we beat, we beat Oxford <clears throat> in it. That, that shows them. Just about. <laughs> yeah, Lich, exactly. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, that I, remember game, that was... I remember that game at last season, wasn't it? Yeah. And then didn't they, That's didn't when they my blaze... first doubts came in about last season. Didn't they blaze us because like they said, oh, we didn't clean up the dressing room and but we left them. We left them, them them shirts, didn't we? And I think they raised like stupid amounts of money uh, for auctioning them off. But yeah, um, so we got Liverpool on Sunday, isn't it? Sunday the seventh. Yeah, um, in that no more red kit, Arsenal kit. Uh, quickly, give me a score prediction, Femi. Two on Arsenal. Oh, Danny. Oh, four 0 Liverpool. <laughs> Christmas it's, it's is over. So you can't be the you can't be the Grinch anymore. No, it's the whole. How about you? What are you going for? I'm going for one nil, Arsenal. Just because Arsenal and Liverpool games are normally tight affairs, and Salah not being there, I think will open us um, Liverpool up. So let's just hope that we can go on and you know do a little cup run because I think we really, really need it. Uh, time will tell. Anyway, Danny, since um, you are always here, I'm going to say goodbye to you first. Thank you very much for for hosting, Carl, in the the new revamped ABW. Nice to see that you two survived the cull. I hope it's a lesson to everybody else. Don't go yeah, full exactly. carpenter, never. Um, if we lose to Liverpool, I'm telling you this now, we're wheeling out Chris and we're doing an emergency <laughs> podcast. Literally, emergency! We are, we are wheeling Chris out and we are doing an emergency podcast. We're going to have sirens, all sorts, ambulances. We're going to have it all. Get T-shirts printed. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I'm being serious as well. If we lose to Liverpool, because I'm going, I'm going to Newcastle next Monday, aren't I? Jesus, I just remembered. What, up there? I'm going to Newcastle. Yeah, I'm going up to Newcastle for work. Um, oh, Metro. It's going to be cold. Metro. Yeah, I know, but that's what it is. Um, Femi, um, you sitting in your million pound mansion. Uh, thank you for coming on. Cheers, lads. Cheers. And this has been a nice little podcast from ABW saying 
Thank you very much. Come on, the Arsenal, and let's hope we beat the bin dipping scum. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I was just eating a full quiche. Well, you don't often see him at him. So when you see him in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately, and get the brown sauce on one. Bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>